0: Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on the tools I use in my own life. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. friends, it's Sarah May. Ooh, I'm a little nasally today. Um, today I have a request uh, episode. This is about how to move on without closure. So this is for anyone, if you are dating someone and they suddenly chose to end it without telling you a reason why, or if you maybe had a friend do that and you were kind of left reeling and taking it personally or interpreting everything that ever happened. And you're still feeling like you can't let go in some way. Or maybe that is a a situation like a, you know, a, a job that ended very suddenly or a, a lifestyle shift that happened really suddenly. Um, and that can be just having something end without your being able to have preparation for it or, having an understanding as to exactly what happened, that is one of the hardest things to move through because you're searching for grounding that never comes. And that can be one of the hardest ways to have a change happen because it's in itself a trauma because your your system is not prepared for it. So you can't really integrate it and have um, a feeling of safety because your body is kind of... Um, traumatized by that just that the abruptness you know the shift when it comes in a very unexpected manner makes us feel like we have to prepare for that somehow or put it in some sort of order in our minds so that we can protect ourselves if it happens again and we can't so we're constantly trying to grasp for how do I feel safe how do I feel safe so if that sounds like you Uh, Just a heads up, I am going to cater more so to the person who is reeling from a relationship that ended without closure, but I'm going to try and cover all of those situations in this episode. So with that, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. So part one, the what. An abrupt ending, someone maybe tells you it's over without any warning whatsoever, Um, or maybe they just didn't give you a good reason and now have cut off contact completely. It's a shock in that you cannot get over um, not having that information and you cannot process the, the end of something like this when you lack the other half of the information involved. So you might be trying to extrapolate from all the things that ever happened What exactly the real reason was. So maybe you're replaying everything over and over again to try and and decipher where they really were. You also might be trying to reach out to them to ask them why, and that makes you feel even more degraded and more desperate. Um, And maybe you're just now feeling like that pain of rejection and also just reeling from the shock. So you might be creating lots of really crazy stories in your head about exactly why this is really happening because I didn't do blank or because I did blank too much or because I am too XYZ or they found someone else, someone better, or they were lying to me the whole time about time about everything they said to me that was good. And so it can really unravel your sense of self and your, your identity because your, everything you thought was true is now not true and redefined based on this circumstance. So you might think, everything you have trusted in yourself cannot be trusted. Your instincts are all wrong. Um, it it upsets a sense of safety and also confidence and, uh, makes you reframe your reality in all other areas of your life. So now you might not feel like maybe I don't know what I'm talking about at work. Maybe my friendships aren't as solid as I thought they were. Maybe I am actually a big loser when I thought I had everything going for me, etc. So if if that's your situation, here's a little bit of uh, the why behind that. Part two. Well, you are processing three separate things simultaneously. So all of the upheaval, all of the, the feeling of overwhelm, all of the bouts of crying you might be going through, that's not just from this just the relationship, the breakup itself. And it's not just from the ending of, you know, this thing it's, there's three different things happening simultaneously. So you're processing the trauma of the actual shock. That's just plain and simple. Anything unexpected happening that is out of your control. That is one thing that is very difficult to process and very difficult to move through. Second, there is the trauma of the loss of a routine of what was the, the loss of the idea of your life, the idea of your partner, who you thought you were, including your identity in, in like who what you thought was true, what you trusted. And then third, you are processing just the fact that somebody hurt you you know that somebody discarded you or did not covet you and protect you and um, that is a, a wound. It's an injury, and especially if you loved and trusted somebody, that that hurts. It's like um, it's similar to physical pain. It's like, ouch, you hurt my body. So your heart may, may be unable to stop being um, in love with them because this is still you're still in a processing stage of realization of just like accepting this new reality. Um, but then you'll remember that the new reality and it'll have a it'll cause you to feel like you're reeling all over again cuz your previous setting as a human being just does not align with the new information. So there's a lot of pain in just that the loop of realization again and again and of of attempting to get grounded in this new reality. So on this topic of all of these separate traumas, I just want you to know that right now your brain is attempting to grasp something that is so big and it's so overwhelming that it can't really do that right now and that's just that's just the truth it just is but one day you will one day it will you just have to give yourself time to digest all of this very intense and overwhelming new information so your body and your brain and your heart and your gut they just all of this has to just slowly chew on this and then reflect and reorient yourself to all of this new insight. And then you will decide how you feel about all of this and you'll put it in order and that will happen on its own time. A ton of this will, um, just resolve itself and just the healing process, the natural healing process. But you can also be active in that process and help yourself shorten the amount of time you are in this pain section of it. Because you can you can do it actively and be deliberate in the the processing and healing um, just by having a goal of moving forward, moving through this speedily, healthily, constructively, positively um with, with the idea that you want to minimize the damage minimize the scarring i should say um w- w- of resistance you know when we resist something or when we cling to something old or we hide or become victims or we relish the pain Uh, or we would just refuse to move on. We like almost cling to pain as like a way to stay close to this point in time. That is when things don't integrate well. And we cause ourselves a lot more, um, I would say residual damage. You know, it's like, we don't, we aren't able to integrate this and heal on and and grow stronger as a result of it. And, and it's like an instinct that we have that's kind of counterintuitive. Like sometimes we'll feel like, especially with loss, of a a life, of a person we cared about, we have this resistance to never never let go, to never move on. And we think in some way that we're honoring the gravity of what we felt or the the truth of what we felt by doing that, when in fact we're doing the opposite. We're only honoring um, our respect of pain and, and validation of pain, not of that person, not of the relationship, not of life. So we're saying I am going to hurt myself over this hurt versus um, I am going to love this person so much and celebrate them so much, which is really the best way to honor anything and including how much you felt. It's just to really grow your capacity to appreciate and love that thing from a healthy, whole, holistic standpoint. I'm kind of getting on a tangent here about loss of life. So when it comes to this breakup or this loss of this relationship, um, you might find yourself wanting to cling to it or stay in this pain. And and really, I just want to mentally tell you to resist that instinct because that is when we cause ourselves so much more warping in our understanding of what happened and our life and our, our healthiest self and like how we can best honor this time in our life. And, and that might be be coming from an older place in you. Like a, for example, all losses are tied to all losses. So any way we process any loss in our life, it's going to bring up all past losses. Even if they're not even past breakups, it's going to bring up any loss you went through that was traumatizing. So for example, if you lost a parent very suddenly when you were young, or if you were, were rejected somehow by a caregiver or, um, somebody, you know, you have any feelings of abandonment from a a previous relationship of any kind, this may be something that is triggered for you right now. And it'll trigger the old younger self, those feelings of this child self. So you might feel like, you know, a baby right now. You might feel afraid, vulnerable, scared, clingy, wounded, like, um, in such an overwhelmed way. So if that's true for you and you are taking this really, really personally, then I would strongly suggest hiring a coach or a therapist to help you through this processing stage of this trauma because it can be really disorienting, really emotionally overwhelming, very physically overwhelming, just that grief that is triggered in our gut, in our belly, uh, in our body. It It can feel like a very heavy blanket of a lot of old pain and that pain is not related to this relationship or this breakup. So just wanted to give you context for if you are feeling that way and it feels so heavy and overwhelming, like you can't get up and just that deep grief feeling, it's probably old stuff and you've just got to help yourself process and move through it. And the way we do that is becoming active and going through the motions despite not wanting to do them. It's like we're we're moving our bodies despite our brains. So back to the three prongs of the trauma that I spoke to earlier, specifically, um, I'm just going to talk briefly about each one of them. So, first one, the pain of the unexpected. When things are out of our control, they are much harder to process and heal from, and that is because um, our, just as human beings, as as animals, something that is not, um, we're not prepared for. Any pain we're not prepared for is very toxic to our system because it makes us unable to prepare for future pain. It's like, we don't have a library of previous circumstances like this. So we're like, how am I going to predict this? How am I going to predict this? How, what did I not see? It's a, it's like a fight flight brain process that's happening. And if you read research on animals that are given pain in very unexpected ways, um, they lose their shit. They break down, they, uh, go a bit crazy and con- On the other hand, if animals are given pain at very uh, expected increments of time or they are given pain in very expected circumstances, they handle it just fine. So my point is animal cruelty is terrible and sad. Also, predictable pain we can handle. Unpredictable pain causes us to lose our shit because we cannot fit it in our frame of reference. So we seek grounding and we cannot put it in order. And so some part of our brain is constantly trying to find the grounding, trying to find the order, trying to put it in some context. That's why you're trying to attribute reasons nonstop to this thing. It's got to be because of this. Is it because of this? It's got to be because of that. We're trying desperately to retrace history and put this somewhere that it fits so that we can feel safe. And that is just uh, an evolutionary process that happens to us. Don't read into it. Don't the the reason I'm telling you this is so you can take it, step back from it, see it for what it is. This is a blip happening in my brain, and not take those reasons seriously. No, it's not because of your butt. No, it's not because of your cooking. No, it's not because you're stupid. That is this is something that is happening for reasons that are very tied to that person, not to you. And I'll get into that more later, but. You, you just have to allow yourself to have your brain spasms happening now and just see them for what they are. It's like, my brain's desperately, desperately trying to put this in some order. And, um, that I just have to help myself physically move through that process as it happens inside of me. Um, so that is just circles from the shock. Okay. Regarding them and why they did this. Um, I know you're probably thinking like, well then yeah, what is the reason? If you were ghosted, um, it demonstrates or or ghosted can mean many things, but let's say you were just given no closure in terms of, um, a reason why somebody didn't want to be with you. And if they just handled it in a very abrupt, let's call it unprofessional manner, it's, it demonstrates immaturity or a lack of development in them. It, it shows, whatever it's showing you, it's showing you something about them, not about you, not about your relationship. Unless you are a predator and you are abusive and you are stalking this person, it doesn't tell you about you. <laughs> if, then I, if that's true, they are escaping you for really rational reasons. If it's not that reason, then it is about them. They have an aversion to conflict. They have, um, a lack of development in dealing with uh, conflicts in general. It has, uh, just, they, they lack the capacity to appropriately deal with this. They lack the language to deal with this. Often what people interpret this action to mean is I wasn't worth communicating with. I wasn't loved enough to tell me nicely to break up with me appropriately. Um, I wasn't good enough. They didn't care that much to actually hurt over ending this relationship. People who end the relationship have time to process that decision. They have the leverage of preparing themselves emotionally for it. They're doing it over however long they've known it for, and they're doing things to minimize the amount of pain they will have to suffer in that process, in that negotiation. So they've had the uh, advantage of, let's say, a year of time of dealing with what they want to do, how they want to do it, how they're not going to hurt by doing it, et cetera. You have had no time whatsoever, no information, no context. So, in in many ways, often people handle things these way this way because they are adverse to pain and adverse to shock, and they need control. So it says, regardless, you have no idea all of the layers to this decision that they had and why they're doing it. Um, but it does not translate to how much you are valued or how much you were loved. Oftentimes these decisions were so considered and are still being considered and they're being thought to death and that doesn't give them the ability to do it right. It just means that they're not capable in this one area, which is a very big area. Yes. And it's not, it doesn't make it good or fair or right. It just don't take it to mean, uh, they lacked love or thought, you know, um, So just, you can translate it by thinking about yourself in a situation when you might do the same thing. So, um, let's say you have a relationship with someone, you express deep emotions for that person. Um, and this goes on for a long time, whether that's a a work thing or a relationship. And now imagine that you suddenly move on from that thing, very abruptly move on from that thing, or, or you end it abruptly what does that signal in your hypothetical situation? Does it mean that the former meant nothing, that you were just faking it that entire time, that you didn't care about that person? No. It has to do with something, it's signaling something about you and your mindset in that moment. You either don't want to be responsible and you are in denial about that thing, or you are running from confronting something that feels impossible or you are hiding, or you are incapable of confronting that thing. It's like a blow up button, you know, like, and you run away. That's what somebody's doing. So there are so many, so many things in the world that it's easier to shut off your awareness to than confront. There's so many things. I mean, there are things that are just overwhelming that you don't have a solution for, things that scare you, things that make you feel guilty or paralyzed with fear, Things like global warming, that turns off, off a lot of people's brains because when we cannot confront something or we feel completely powerless to change it, it's so much easier just to not think about it. It's it's like we're hiding. It's like you can think about a little kid hiding in plain sight, just covering your eyes and thinking, now they can't see me. It's very similar. So that is most likely what is operating. It's the only solution that feels easy and manageable in the face of something that is overwhelming and impossible. It has everything to do with them, nothing to do with you. So when someone is incapable of confronting something, it doesn't mean that they didn't think about that they were going to do that or that this thing did not mean anything to them. It's just that they are so attracted to this solution, quote unquote solution, of not thinking about it, of not dealing with it, of just not doing it because it feels like immediate relief. It's like, I don't know what to say. I'm not saying anything. And now my problem is solved. And now it's being more solidified the more time that passes. It's like closing your eyes and wishing for reality to change. And it's not mature. It's, as I said, something a child might do. Um, But my main motive in telling you this is so you can realize is it's not that there is no feeling; it's that there's too much feeling and a lack of skill. There's too much fear, too much guilt, too little ability, and is not equated with the amount of feeling that this person had for you. Um, it shows like a split in in their identity, uh, compartmentalizing. You know, when somebody splits off a self. And they talk with one mouth and their, you know, other mouth is saying something else internally. So do not make this an equation where you decide I must not have meant anything to them at all. But this episode is not about them. It's about you. And the way you move forward is really about you creating closure for yourself because truthfully, you do not need it from them. It makes it a lot easier if you do have it from them, but you have all the information you need. You can extrapolate all the information you need right now. And from that, you can move forward in a healthy manner. The goal is to remain active in your healing process because you must choose to thrive. You must choose to conquer and move on with your head held up high and not be a victim and not make this a scar on your person. You, this is truly a gift in disguise. We can, we have such a great opportunity for a very dramatic personal growth spurt in the wake of a trauma. And we have that because we're in so much pain. We can really set goals so much higher and grow past what we were capable of before. It's like, you know, when you break a bone, you can reset it stronger if it's, a, you know, if it's broken, it's like you can set it so much straighter now. And it all has to do with what you choose in this time in your life. What are you going to make this into? It's, you have a ripe opportunity here. So depending on how we respond to situations like this in our lives, it can either leave a mark, it can he- keep you here for a very long time feeling like a victim, or you can own it and use it. So that is the point you're at now, and you have a decision to make. Do you want this to keep you here? Do you want to wallow? Or do you want to thrive and move through this as actively as possible and let this become an opportunity for growth and change? So with that, this is part three, the how, the tools. So the number, thing, number one thing I want for you is to not take this as a judgment on you. So do not let this thing in your life give you a negative definition of self. I know that is hard because as humans, we take things like this very personally. We tell ourselves, it wouldn't have happened if I were more worthy or by default, it must have meant something about who we are, you know? So if you are unable to find something, if you are able to find something in this that is a positive and a constructive lesson, then that is awesome. And I welcome you to gather those lessons. uh, There's going to be a tool about that in particular. I'm not saying, you know, just disregard things that are red flags or things that you can learn from or glean from this. Um, But if you are feeling this has damaged or stolen some part of your your sparkle or your confidence, then I, I have some tools for that in particular. All right. So the first tool is called set the target. And just a heads up, this is actually covering a good chunk of the breakup album. I'm not a chunk. I would say it's like one of the first chapters in the breakup album. So you're getting it for free. Um, And the breakup album is on my website, Yay With Me, which which is basically a breakup coach in a podcast album. And that moves through this, all of this information at length, plus much more information. So if you are really struggling, you might want to check that out. Um, Okay. First tool, set the target. So, this is a journal entry, and this is super important um, because we need to decide and tell ourselves in a very black and white form exactly what we are going to do and where we want to go. How do you want to feel? So, I just want you to describe to yourself the point you're at now and what you're choosing to do. Where are you going to put your energy? I want you to put your eyes on the prize. So, for example, I choose to heal and be my best self. I choose to love myself, to be able to trust myself, to never let something like this happen to me again. Um, just whatever it is, set your highest goal for this moment in your life. And I I promise myself I'm going to take care of myself and not let myself get injured, to, to love myself no matter what, to keep moving through this pain and um, be active in my healing, etc. Just literally describe all the things you are choosing to do right now. And whether or not you believe it when you write it, it's like, you're really just saying this as a gesture to yourself. Like, hey, me, I kind of fucked up because I chose someone bad. I mean, maybe you didn't. Maybe this is completely out of left field. But if there were things that you're, as you start to move through this and you're going to start to say like, hey, yeah, there were some, there were some things I ignored that I shouldn't have ignored. um, Then we're going to be honoring that and making promises to ourselves to not make that same mistake again. I said that one in particular because that's one of the ones that went into my entry, <laughs> which is like I promise, never uh, to ignore those things again or never to put you in harm's way again. I mean, you're kind of talking in third person, but it's it's you to you. Okay, the next tool I have is called decoder ring. So this is a I'm handing you a little decoder ring, and this is a decoder ring that will allow you to process. Um, The reason behind what has happened in just translating the actions, all the physical actions into what those mean in communications. So literally you can understand who they are, where they are, what happened, not based on what they said, but what they did. So what do those actions tell you? This This is everything you need to know for you to move on and heal. So for example, Um, I know it's, we're addressing a lot of different situations here, but when it comes to moving on from a breakup without closure or like a friendship without closure, translate that person's actions, see where this person is based on the way they broke up with you. This is a lot of information just in those actions. Um, I think when we start to listen to their words, we start to get kind of confused or disoriented. Um, but if let's just take it step by step. Um. okay, this person, eh, t- did they tell you something different up until the very end? That shows you they were split. Like they were lying to you and to themselves. They had one idea, um, but were unable of telling the truth about that idea. They were unable to confront things in one area of their life, or they were deliberately misinterpreting, sorry, misrepresenting who they were and what they felt because they did not like the truth. They could not, um, did not have the bravery or the ability to deliver the truth. Either way, it's showing wanting one thing to be true and not having that actually be true. If they, did they end this without any warning whatsoever? Did they end it in a very, um, like for example, with a text that demonstrates a person who was is incapable of doing things with, um, in person is incapable of confrontation. It demonstrates a person who is hiding from the bigness of this. It demonstrates a person who is pain adverse. That is all that it tells you. It does not tell you, um, that they did not love you or that they did not think you are worthy of the right ending. Um, so for example, if a person ghosts you, if it's a complete, no communication drop off of the face of the earth kind of thing that shows you a person who is pretending like they, um, this thing never existed. If they made you believe that something was going to be the opposite up until the end, that also shows you a person is in complete denial Some part of them could not face that fact that they were representing this dream and they did not know how to make reality align. So that just shows someone that is, um, split and hiding. If they, if they lied to you and were with somebody else that tells you that they were a person with parts of themselves that were completely compartmentalized and split off that shows like a fracture in, in, you know, identity. Identity. That says a lot about them and just spells out the, per- the reality of the person you are with. Um, maybe they also had something they went through that caused them to have some sort of mental break of sorts. I don't mean a literal one, but I mean um, when somebody is suddenly unable to deal with certain things, oftentimes it's because they're plate, their life's plate gets too full. And so they, people just get their capacities to be mature and to give of self are reduced. So that could be another contributing factor. Um, if you were, if this is a job situation and you were not given a good reason, uh, for why this was ending, that shows that they are, as a workplace, have a policy of avoiding confrontation, the end. And that is all it tells you. It shows their policies and how they have chosen to deal with this situation as a company. And offices are different in this way in that they have policies that everyone must obey. So it's not the judgment of an individual. It's a way of dealing with a situation that allows them the most protection. That is it. Past that, you can know that there was something... um, Internally, that caused them to need to cease your employment. And despite that, despite being a human being who is valuable, offices have their own unique baggage, I would say, because they're made up of lots of people. So it could be many, many things. Many of them often are pretty silly. Um, But ending a job without closure shows you that they cannot have transparency for some random reason. Maybe because they are afraid of liability. Um, because for the most part, if it's a good reason, you are usually told, I would say, or, or unless they have a policy that prevents that from being so, um, so that it allows you to not take it personally. Um, but if you have no hunch as to why, meaning you had no performance related cause, or you were never told that you did anything wrong or bad, um, or in fact you excelled, then It's either something to do with them and their inner workings or it's something interpersonal. And a lot of companies have a lot of sensitive people and a lot of threatened people in positions of power or um, they have to protect themselves legally in a situation. So that's my way of saying it's a protective move um, on their part. And if you don't know why it happened, don't take it personally because you will learn in your lifetime that some of the most talented people you've ever met will get laid off. It has nothing to do with how good you are. The smartest people you've ever met have been fired before. You are in good company. Um, it is what it is, but it's, if it's baffling, that is in itself a piece of information. This situation is, uh, contrary to what should be that, that demonstrates to you, huh? Something is, not logical here. That is a lot of information for you to hold on to as something that allows you to hold on to your confidence and save face. Hope that made sense. That was kind of a weird section of to that tool. All right, the next tool is called Passing Stones. So when we are in a stage of grief, it's really helpful to move through that pain uh, in an active way kind of just framing it in your mind as like an active process. So this is how we I want you to treat mourning at this stage. Do it deliberately and as much as you can in a very manageable increment. Like we want to perceive it as under our control. So what I mean by that is choose when you're going to be in a safe, I don't know, hour, let's say, of personal time when you're not going to be interrupted, when you can really just invest in this processing, this pain, moving it through your body. And then when it becomes too much or you feel yourself getting really heavy and overwhelmed, then I want you to put it away. So by that, I mean mentally telling yourself, okay, putting this away now, maybe put this pain into, if you have a visualization process, putting it into a, like an ornate box, closing the lid tying. I do like a tying a ribbon around the box and then turning a key taking an ornate key out of the keyhole. And then mentally, when your brain starts to want to revisit the thought that makes you feel sad, you remind yourself of the visual of the box and say like, no, that's away right now. I put that away for today. I'm not going there again. That is the amount that I'm going to do this today. Just so you can allow yourself some time when you're just telling yourself not to go there, but then you're also allowing yourself to really get those feels out, you know, allow yourself to feel sad and have ugly tears. And then when you're done, you get to put it away. All right. The next tool is called gather your diamonds. And by that, I mean the lessons, any lessons you can learn from this experience. You might want to do this one a little later in your healing process, but this experience can be such a great teacher. It can give you these missing puzzle pieces to yourself. And by that, I mean you on you and your, your, just your view on reality. Like what now has changed in your awareness of the world and relationships based on just this experience. And if you can, I want you to do a journal entry and just scan this experience to see if there are any lessons you can glean from it. For example, what did this person demonstrate to you with their actions prior to this happening that you possibly ignored or that didn't register in the moment. Um, and I, I'm asking you to look at just the, their actions, not their words. What are things that f- didn't sit right in the moment that you should have maybe held on to? And what are things that you told yourself at any point in time that maybe you ignored? What were, even in the first moment you met them, if this was a relationship, like the first night you met them or day you met them, like what did they demonstrate with their actions that were kind of like, Hmm, that doesn't feel right. And just in this entry, I want you to acknowledge, I will never make this mistake again. I will never ignore this again because of where it has ended me today. So this is just learning all of those lessons and holding on to them because they are so valuable. They're so precious. And they really just tell you like where, for me it told me like where I have weak weak boundaries or fuzzy boundaries that really need to be, I need to board those holes up so they don't leak in the future because that is how you so directly walk and just make a beeline to the person or relationship that will make you happy. It's not about suddenly having a 12-pack or suddenly, you know, having your dream job, it, if you want a really positive relationship, it's just about having the boundaries that allow you to not get stopped along the way by somebody that is not going to make you happy. It's, it can be that simple and also working on yourself so that you're not doing things that are destructive. You know, I would say that's the other big piece of it. Um, So that's your, this is that tool. Next tool I'm calling hologram processing. So this is a great way to get closure on this relationship because you know this person pretty well, I'm assuming, or you've had enough interactions with this person. um, So you can probably have a conversation with them in your mind. And this is something you can do. I recommend doing it in a journal, um, just writing back and forth for each person in a conversation. Alternately, you can do it by saying it aloud with your eyes closed. I would say this is best done in times when you are kind of the most connected to your unconscious, like so when you're about to go to bed or when you've just woken up. um, And just I want you to talk to this person. Ask all the questions you have as if they were here, as if they were on the phone with you, as if you were texting with them. Uh, Say all the things that you wanted to say. Um, so if if you're just, or you can even do it in a word document, you know, like if you type fast, it, you can get surprisingly far this way and surprisingly accurate, uh, because you probably have a lot of information that you don't think you have and just your own spontaneous way of responding as this person. So just, this is a great way I think to also just express the things you didn't get to say. It can feel very cathartic. All right, the next tool, healing eyes. So the act of being witnessed in your pain, just on its own, that it, that's something so simple. It's so healing. Almost as healing as the sound of dogs barking. <laughs> Apologies for those doggies. So I went to, after my big gnarly breakup, I went to a lot of meetings during that time. And by that, I mean any 12-step related help group. I highly recommend just being witnessed in pain by those who are in similar pain, just because it is, there's nothing like it. It's amazing just to be around people who are also suffering and can also respect and give you love from that place. That's why I would recommend help groups. If not, a very good listener who loves you will do. So just telling your story to other people will be a very, um, I don't know, what's called the neosporin of your healing process through your breakup. So as often as you can do it, as comfortable, if you are comfortable doing it, please do it. I know that's a no-dub, but I just had to put it in here. All right, the next tool is called poison. Keep it on the outside. So this is for anyone who has a tendency to internalize this kind of thing. Just I want you to remember, keep this on them. This is not about you. This tells you everything about them and don't turn it inward. If you start to do that to yourself where you say like, well, if I had if I hadn't had needs or if I hadn't brought up the things I wanted so often, like just recognize that you're turning that you're starting to drink poison, do the manual work back in logic. Just say, how can I remind myself to put it on them, to not internalize this? When it comes to things that involve us, it's impossible not to take it personally. So you might be saying like if I was worth loving, they would have kept me. Um, so if you were the best looking person in the world with the best job, who is the most kind ever, you would still have the same needs and wants that you have, and that doesn't go away. So if you were just to remove your needs and say I'll never ask for anything and I'll just be good, know that you will not be. You would not be a human being, and you would also not be able to enjoy. Um, the relationship. That's not a possible scenario. There's no such thing as quote good enough. It's just about whether or not you fit, whether or not this was the person who was capable of being with you. And that is all that this is the product of. It shows you who they are, where they are in their life and whether or not you guys fit based on the realities of who you both are. Does this shoe fit? That's it. And, and to know the truth is gift. Because otherwise you would be either contorting yourself or you would be pretending. And you don't want either of those things to ca- because both make you sick. So if a person is not capable of being in the, in this relationship, that's all that you know right now. It does not tell you who you are or what you are worth. And if you were in a job where you, you know, didn't feel aligned with that position, then you would recognize it eventually and you would leave it. It's not about continuing to stick through something that is not right, you know? Um, so it's not about you and something being wrong with you. It just is. And also reiterate, reiterate again, it doesn't show an absence of thought or love. It shows the absence of ability, etiquette, skill, a great amount of anxiety, worry, torment, and thought likely went into this and it's the equivalent of just closing your eyes during the scary part of a movie. All right, and my last tool I have for you is, called, is a closure ritual. And it's also, a there's a visual, visualization piece of this. This is to do when you've had enough time to process. So I'm gonna say six months to a year from now. I mean, cl- closer to maybe nine months might be a sweet spot. But when it, whoever you are, Whatever happened, we get to choose when we are done with feeling bad and feeling pain in our lives over something. We must mourn, absolutely, but then we can choose we're done. And now this is not going to eat up any more of my life and my happiness. We have to put a chapter like this to rest in our lives and in our hearts and just be done crying, you know? So what we do when we are unable to really, I guess have real closure in a situation. Like sometimes it's you move out of a person's house or you get your stuff back or whatever your divorce papers are final. Like not to say all of those external things can be the significant ending of a relationship, but when we have no actual concrete closure, we can actually create that for ourselves by performing a ritual, an original ritual that has some performative significance to you. And you might feel like, oh, that's going to be silly or weird or dumb. It's not at all. And it actually has such power in our own body's response to it and how, how mentally we are able to feel lighter and believe that this is now closed. So when we have um, a loss of somebody that we didn't get to say the things we wanted to say to them, we can do this. We can give a, give ourselves all of those experiences now. So I, what I want you to do is create some sort of, it, it can be original to you in, in any way you want it to be. So like if you wanna have um, a physical burial process, you know, like make a hole in the backyard and then have like photos you put in there or an item that is memorable to the relationship um, or significant to the relationship, or if you want to, what I did was I lit a candle and waited for, you know, the moon to be up. And I think I did like a blew the candle out and I said some words. It can be as bigger and elaborate as you want or as small as you want. I I think I also like did burning of photos or something like that. Um, But what I want you to do is pick a date, pick a night when it's just you, and really feel your feelings and honor the relationship. Honor what it meant to you. Honor the, the love it had for your, in your life. And how, also um, say goodbye. Say all the things you want to say. And as much as you possibly can, this is a positive closure ritual. It's like a memorial. Because re- regardless of how it ended, you still had the experiences. Those experiences still existed in your life. You still went through them they don't all become invalid just because something has changed in the present. Those are still things that you have gotten the gifts from that still is a part of your personality, part of your life, part of the gifts of your life. So just, this is about saying goodbye to the thing that you loved that was meaningful and, um, putting a nice, beautiful, you know, at the end of a foreign film, it says fiend in like a beautiful script. And this is our version of that. And we're doing it in, in a, a, like a whatever twenty minute little performance for ourselves. And then whatever it is, you're gonna blow out the candle and then you're gonna go inside and you're gonna go to bed. and that's the end. I mean, it doesn't have to be at night, but you get what I mean. Then we have moved on and you can conduct your life as such. And if something starts to come up again, you can tell yourself, nope, that that chapter's over. I'm done crying. I'm and you really it's about redirection after that about redirecting your thoughts, going in a positive motion. Um, so whenever we have a ritual that we do like this, I think it's really helpful. It it somehow makes us mentally own it more so if we can do a, a little verbal visualization of actually saying goodbye to them. And this is one I got from Marcy Shyamoff, I think is her name. And it's, caught a Hawaiian name. I've given this one before, but I think it's really helpful. So you say, you visualize them and you say goodbye. I'm sorry. This is the I'm sorry part is about letting go of ties and just saying sorry to anything you may have done to hurt them. It's really about having nothing, no responsibilities to them anymore. So goodbye. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. Thank you love you the end and this is just I imagine sending love to this person and this is just the ultimate enclosure it's a loving practice of making peace and I would not do that if you were abused by them or they cheated on you Um, because I do think in those situations we need to hold on to that self-protective energy of anger so that we don't get lulled back into it again so this is more just if they are not a predator of any way in any shape or form Goodbye. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. And what we are looking for in all of this healing stage, all of the processing of moving on without closure, we're trying to foster in our bodies energy shifts. We're looking for lightness. We're looking for energy. We're looking for some, we're looking to level up from grief. And slowly get into moving through, um, uh, just uh, like lighter shoulders. I know I don't know if these sentences are making sense right now. I'm moving my body a lot, so when we have um, grief that's really deep in like our, our belly, when we are able to physically also move, it helps that emotion also move through us mentally. So whenever you can go through, um, whenever you process things like this, I think it's also really to create an energetic, um, shift at the same time. So if you can be exercising simultaneously, if you can be doing yoga simultaneously, if you can be very active physically during this time, it will help your brain believe these things to be authentic and it'll follow suit. So I don't know why these things work in this way, but like when our brain, you know, it's the same way that um, when people go see scary movies on a first date, they're more likely to stay together or or find the, each other attractive. And it's because when we're activating certain parts of our brain, it signals the same type of feeling as, or it's synonymous in the brain to attraction or love. So what we're trying to do in just being active and moving during this time is signaling to our body. Um, optimism, strength, confidence, um, a sense of agency. And it also allows us to move feelings through our body, just like digestion. So I just want you to um, know that you can make this into such a great opportunity and you can move through this efficiently and you can come out of this stronger and brighter and more glowing Like you can regrow a whole part of yourself that was perhaps cut off and severed prior to this experience. When we get, when we have really traumatic shocks, it's like, uh, all the circuits are turned on. So we get to grab all of these gifts out of the sky and bring them back into our person. So I just take advantage of it. You can go so far during this time in personal growth. And if you're interested in more of that information, check out the breakup album. It's all about that. It's on yaywithmecom shop slash breakup album And uh, before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors, Tasha. Thank you so very much. a New monthly sponsor. Anyone who has the means, donations really help me make this show. And if you don't have the means, totally get it. Um, you can leave me a review instead. I really appreciate your reviews, and uh, or just share it with a friend. And in closing, I was, I just want to leave you feeling inspired, excited, and full of lightness and hope. I know this is a really painful time because you're in the breaking part, but this is a a huge opportunity for spiritual and personal growth. It's a rare window of time. The bones are broken. You can set them back stronger, straighter, more perfect than ever before. I had an opportunity like this myself. I married someone who was living a double life. It was one of the most painful traumas I've ever experienced. It was so humiliating, so devastating. But what I did get was the best post-traumatic growth spurt ever. And in that experience, I was able to grow back the part of myself that I was not in touch with prior, including the the blind spots. And in this like, holy fucking shit, I got blown apart experience. I was able to to befriend myself again on so many levels and say like, what, what I thought was true that I now see is not true. Now I'm going to correct these areas. So you have such an opportunity to understand and see a whole missing part of reality and like where there are muscles that weren't working, you know, and set those boundaries correctly. Cause the new reality that is, is now hitting you is showing you all of these little like um, uh, oh, I need to plug that hole, that hole, that hole. So grab all those gifts and merge them with your soul and move ahead with that goal in mind to be on your team a thousand percent, to trust yourself, to listen to yourself, to when you hear the little whis- the little whispers from yourself to always, always trust them and to never, ever betray or ignore part of yourself again. And to also love yourself no matter what, no matter what anyone else says or does. I'm on my team always. So just this, this gift, this pain bears many gifts and it gives you time to just really fall in love with you again. So I would say set a target for even higher than where you are now or where you were before this happened and choose to become active and grow in this new direction. We can reach a higher personal best than ever before. And know that the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship you have in your life, and it brings so much happiness. It brings so much fulfillment. So this is a time to get aligned, stronger, grounded, and fall in love with you like never before. So I send you my love and Vibes of strength and hope and resilience and thriving and smile.